Blog Talk Radio. Good evening from hot Florida. Summer has arrived. Uh, Dr. Simon here, stories we live by. Um, I was initially just going to put myself on the air for a while and see if people called in, but that hasn't worked out too well. Although I will hold on after I finish my remarks tonight. Uh, stories about men children or women children or any given man child or woman child. Uh, I will spend most of my time uh, talking about men who in some essential way don't grow up into uh, a definition of adulthood that I will define tonight. Now, I'm going to use child psychology, developmental psychology. Uh, I'm not going to go into great detail. Anybody who is interested uh, in this topic can read something about Jean Piaget, a great Swiss psychologist who studied development and talked about the fact that when children are born and go into adulthood, they go through certain stages of intellectual change. Uh, he spent some time at the end of his career talking about the emotional consequences of going through these changes, but his really was a theory of developmental cognition, developmental intelligence. And he had four stages, and I'll make clear why I'm talking about this. Uh, in fact, uh, I just turned off the television uh, where uh, another breaking story from the uh, New York Times and the Washington Post suggests that in a moment of exuberance, uh, our president, Donald Trump, may have given uh, all kinds of serious uh, coded information to the Russians. Uh, this on top of the Comey incident uh, and this on top of uh, his, the reports of his emotional outbursts, uh, and all uh, creating in me a terrible sense of anxiety. Uh, I was not happy watching Saturday Night Live, uh, the incredible uh, uh, attacks on him uh, and his personality. Uh, a mistake, not because it may not be true, uh, because if the, if, the, if the parody, if the comedy didn't have some uh, validity to it, at least in the minds of some of us, it wouldn't be funny. But it was so over the top that I worry about what goes around, comes around, uh, and this can be done uh, in, in this kind of over-the-top way to any public official, uh, totally undermining any confidence we may have in that official or in all officials because after all, we are human beings. So in one way or another, Trump is at the back of my mind as I discuss this, uh, or any leader uh, who behaves in similar ways to Trump. Um, so he had, Piaget, four stages of development. From birth to two years was the sensory motor stage. From two to seven, uh, the preoperational stage, from 7 to 11 or so, the concrete operational stage, and the, the final stage of uh, operational stage, true operations. Now, I'm not going to go through the theory. You really need a course 
in psychology, and, and I think, you know, I'd be happy if this became more common knowledge. But the more I studied Piaget, and the more simultaneously I work with people who are diagnosed as mentally ill or mentally disturbed, the more I began to see that talking about these as stages that are somehow inevitable, between two and four you move, two and, zero and two you move to pre-operational, then you move to concrete operations, then you move to... No. You move if the development of your life, the way in which you solve your problems, the way in which you learn and grow, the quality of your social interactions permit you in one way or another, in one area or another, to move from one stage to the other. And that most of the people I work with were better served, not being diagnosed, called bad names, uh, pretending that these were medical problems and drugged, but understood as failures in one way or another to develop in certain areas, social or intellectual, emotional, from stage to stage. The question I have tonight, and I, I said, how do we understand the experience and behavior of a person who's physically adult but still thinks and feels like a child of some age? In the case tonight, maybe eight, nine, or ten years of age. Uh, what can we expect of an individual if given great power, either through inheritance or by social situations? Can we uh, describe the type of logic used by the person uh, with these theories and what might a man-child experience and what might happen to him or her uh, once he or she assumes a position of great power and the terrible responsibilities that go with such power. Now, we don't know historically, and this, just to, I'm going to make this as an aside before I go on, uh, how many, I, I know men, I know myself and my own reactions, that I have areas where I'm still nine or ten. I'm aware of it. <clears throat> and it's been a struggle all my life not to act out some of my reactions to people that were established, uh, self-image issues that were established earlier in life that have yet to be fully uh, made adult in operational terms. In which case I would say standing outside myself and watching myself react and so thereby being able to choose to behave in a different way. If not necessarily to feel in a different way, but not to feel like a bad child and not to feel like a diminished individual and not to feel uh, a failure or inferior to somebody that I'm in competition with or I'm dealing with. Because that's really what I'm talking about. What happens when there's an arrest in development and there are no real op operations? Now, uh, formal operations let us stand outside of ourselves and observe ourselves logically. It gives us an extra leg or an extra distance from our thoughts and feelings to examine the nature of them, particularly if they are developmentally younger than our chronological age or younger than the situation in which we find ourselves demands. Now, historically, I 
kept thinking about this all day today when I put the show on. How many kings, how many people came to power as man-children? That is, still thinking and feeling like, like little boys, angry, uh, unable to gauge their response to given situations. How many wars were started by an individual who was insecure and egocentric, and I'll explain that term a little bit later, uh, uh, who was unable to stand outside and evaluate the consequences of their actions. Now, if you go back in history, there's no way to measure that. I assume uh, it was probably more people assume great power through inheritance uh, than uh, 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 exist today. Um, uh, on the other hand, what happened to these individuals? Well, they couldn't be held accountable because if you looked at the lineage that they came from and if you looked at the, the rationale for their leadership, it was ordained by God. The church stood completely behind these individuals because they didn't come to power uh, in any way except through the will of God. And therefore, it was not to be questioned. And there was very few people to question them because the level of education, if you go back even 100 years, more 200 or 300 years or whatever, was so minimal that the number of people who would develop the kind of logical system uh, to evaluate themselves and others from what I would call the current mature adult position where uh, there is genuine insight and a potential for self-control uh, was very minimal. So we don't live in that time. We have large numbers of very well-educated individuals. We have uh, a constitution that says we are elected and we are not ordained by God. And therefore, if we behave in a way that's immature, uh, it's very probable there can be checks and balances and we can get ourselves into all manner of difficulty. So what happens here? Let's talk about some of the qualities of child thinking. Okay? One, the younger we are and the less we have matured, the more egocentric we are. Egocentrism is the inability to say anything of, it's all about me. It's difficult to see the viewpoint of another person, and it's only one's own thoughts and feelings that guide all behavior. It's about me and about nothing else. Right. Thinking tends to be concrete and literal, so that it's hard to abstract and stand off away from oneself. You have, in this literalness, an inability to create judgments other than superlatives, hyperbole. I didn't do well. I did the best. I'm not smart. I'm the smartest. On the other side of that is, if I'm not good enough, I'm the worst. And I have worked with people all my career whose self-image 
grows out of a relationship with adults who thought much the same way and would say to them when they were good, you're the best thing that's ever happened. You're the best person in the world. But when, when they were troublesome, when they were bad, you're the worst person that's ever been born. You shouldn't have been born. You're a piece of shit. In other words, a constant struggle to maintain a self-image that has a balance of terms that are involved in shades of gray. I didn't do my best today. I did better tomorrow. Rather than, I'm no good, I shouldn't have been born, I wish I were dead. I have done a number of shows about this over the years, uh, and I have had uh, a lot of experience with people who are extremely depressed, that when people basically see things this way, they become helpless, filled with self-hatred. And an individual who seeks great power and constant affirmation that he or she is the best, that there's nobody better, that they're the smartest, they know more than generals. They know more than scientists. That sitting behind that is, I am the worst. I am the stupidest. I am the most inadequate. And this becomes a tremendous struggle because there is no particular uh, uh, ability to create an insight to see the extremes by which the individual evaluates him or herself. And when an individual becomes the president or becomes a great leader, whether in business or in government or finance, uh, their inability to, to see themselves in any negative term because sitting behind all the grandiosity and all of the terms of how wonderful they are is all this inferiority and negativism, uh, they can't take criticism. They will lash out. Uh, they will struggle against anybody who doesn't say to them, you are the best. You are number one. I give you my total loyalty. Uh, you are my hero. You are my God. Such an individual will always strive with a kind of unrealistic ambition. And if they have talents in different areas, they will appeal to individuals who struggle, and we all struggle in one way or another, with the same kinds of conflicts. There is, in the young child, really no ability to self-reflect or have insight, and certainly difficulty in empathizing with others, because when one is highly egocentric, it's your feelings that are important. It's your needs that are important. I have worked with marriages. I have worked with families dominated by an individual, whether it was a man or a woman with a wounded narcissism who thought in child terms, egocentrically, in totalitarian thought, everything is either completely good or everything is completely bad. It's either the very best or it's the very worst. And such individuals very often get themselves into situation in which they become increasingly destructive because they can't stop themselves from constantly promoting themselves to be better and greater 
and the best. And the more criticism they incur, the more they are mocked, the more they are made fun of, the more they are told they are nothing like they think they are, the more they overstretch and the more they fight to prove to themselves and everybody who's watching they are the very best, the strongest, the brightest, the smartest, the, 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 whatever it has to be, whatever superlatives they need. Uh, I think I've made the case. It doesn't take a long time. Um, I am frightened about the political situation that we have now. Uh, nobody is calling the man-child, and I believe that all of the reporters who are talking about him as if he is a child, uh, childlike, childish in his behavior. Uh, if, in fact, he said something to the Russian ambassador, uh, my guess is he was complimented. He was told how wonderful a president he is, and uh, he wanted to apparently say how great our uh, our uh, spies are, our intelligence is, uh, and he let loose, not to tell secrets, not because he's a spy, but because his need to show how he's the best and he knows the most and he's the head of the greatest intelligence uh, apparatus and the great country, greatest country in the world is what led him to open his mouth. If this happened, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it'll be denied, but we'll have to wait and see. What holds this man together now emotionally, like all individuals uh, who are, uh, as Karen Horn, I put it, obsessed with power and take on more and more responsibility uh, that goes way beyond their or anybody's ability. Um, uh, what holds them together is if they have support. And in this case, there's a whole political party who is hoping this will pass and they can get their agenda done. Uh, my guess is that uh, since the people who are uh, giving the big money to that party uh, want their tax cuts and want whatever else uh, they want in terms of legislation, uh, they will not abandon him and therefore give support and legitimacy to an individual who is, I believe, like any individual, the head of a family, uh, the head of a community, a corporation executive who, who shares these personality characteristics, these ways of thinking, the egocentrism, uh, the self-hatred that's covered over by all the grandiosity, um, uh, increasingly in distress, increasingly uh, uh, unable to sleep, eat properly, uh, uh, striking out uh, and hurting anybody uh, who he feels or she feels uh, is critical of them, uh, never taking responsibility or standing still and, and evaluating where he or she is in their life. And uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I am frightened. And I've said this many times on my show, and I wouldn't do a show like this normally and put it in political terms uh, unless I was really very, very upset and worried. 
about what would happen to the United States now. Uh, in fact, I was watching, uh, I don't watch Fox News often, but I was watching this. I wanted to see how they handle it. And most of us do what one of the good articles in the Times do. Uh, as long as the liberals and as long as the Democrats are unhappy, they're happy. So they're anti-anti-Trump. And that's basically what their position is. But they, they, there's no way out of the morass we're in. But basically, uh, uh, Chris Wallace, uh, who I was who I admire as a real reporter, was on Fox News saying, if somebody attacked the country, if there was a crisis, there's nobody to make rational leadership decisions at this point. We don't have, in many ways, a functioning government. Uh, and from my point of view, we have a frightened, angry uh, young boy in a 71-year-old man's body uh, just flailing out and trying to hold himself together. Now, all of this is speculative. All of this is theory. I hope I'm completely wrong. Uh, I know people who say he's a genius. He does it. He does one thing and he rolls it back. Uh, I've been a psychologist now for over 50 years, and there's enough of his behavior on display, enough reports of it to suggest that uh, this is uh, not stuff that's really anymore completely under his control, if it ever was. So, let's see, how long have I been on the air? 20-some minutes, that's fine, that's enough. I have some really good ice cream. I've got to figure out what I'm going to do for the evening. My wife is out playing a mahjong. Um, and I'll wait a few minutes. Maybe somebody will call in. Maybe somebody will agree, somebody will yell at me. I was on vacation. I took, just came back this week from uh, Spain and Portugal, and I met a number of people from out west who are uh, Trump fans. Um, we didn't fight. I don't fight. I, I go into clinical mode. Uh, there's no point in fighting. People believe what they believe. Uh, but one of the guys who voted for him clearly is shaken by what he saw up until that point. That was before Comey and before this particular issue. Uh, well, I believe in my heart that he really wants what's in his heart is good for America. And I said, I certainly hope you're right. So, here we are, the 15th of May. I'll be away. I'm not going to do a show next week. I have a grandson who is graduating college. Very proud of him. Makes me feel very old. And I will be old on my next birthday or older. <laughs> Interesting. And so, let's see. Nobody's calling in. Then I'm going to have two flavors of ice cream on a piece of pound cake. I really don't need this. Uh, I have enough weight on me at this point. So... Here we go. I'm going to end the. I'm going to end the show. End the episode.